Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Ding, ding, and welcome <laughs> to round 579 of the UK uh, IGN podcast. Couldn't even say the name of it right. Uh, hi, Matt. Hello. Can you please stop? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jesse. Hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Simon. Uh, before we... Uh, <laughs> Before we uh, get into, uh, you know, games, which some people probably listen to this podcast for, I'm not sure how many people do actually listen to it to hear about games or films. We've, of course, got to start with the big news of the week. Um, Weetabix and Beans. I must have been sent this about a hundred times the other day, (laughs) which, you know, I appreciate. Uh, By 6pm, I was a bit like, yeah, I've seen it. Um, (laughs) Did did you see, Cody? This was debated in Parliament. Was it actually? Yeah, it's, a, it's a joke. Fucking like Reese Mogg, <laughs> that top-hatted moron, <laughs> just talking about beans. It wasn't actually risen by him, so I can't I can't put all the blame on him. But he did end this up by going that he doesn't really like the idea because he doesn't like beans, but he wants nanny's marmalade on toast. Nanny's marmalade. Oh. Well, we'll have more grandma talk later, <laughs> I'm sure. But uh, to me, uh, like. I think uh, I was going to say it's well documented. I don't know if it is. I don't like beans. Um, is that just so, like beans in general, like every variety? Yeah, I don't of bean. like baked beans. Oh no, I'm okay with like beans in a chili or, or like. Oh, okay, Mexican it's food, just like baked Heinz beans. Baked beans. I'm not a fan of baked beans. Um, so yeah, baked beans or weetabix. Even if you like beans and weetabix, like together, is anyone? Like, we all know they're doing it just for the for the retweets, and they got them, to be fair. They did well. <laughs> got us talking about it. I feel yeah. like a I mug. Know. I feel like if it, was, if it was offered to me, I'll take a bite. You might as well try it once. Oh, no, Jesse. No, I, not I, I don't all. need to. It's, it's know, not, I... not going to be like... The way I imagine it, it's just going to be grainy baked beans. It's not going to inherently taste super disgusting. Yeah, but why would I choose to eat something I it'd know be, I'm not going to enjoy? It'd be like layers of dry, 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 dry slop. <laughs> what do I want that for? I don't want uh, it, but if someone said you have to try, I'd be like, okay, I wouldn't feel bad about it. Maybe it's the sort of thing you may need to resort to in some sort of post-apocalyptic scenario, like The Last of Us. Uh, they have cast their Joel and Ellie. <laughs> we can now finally stop with the theories of... Should it be Hugh Jackman and, uh, I don't know, Caitlin Deaver? That they would have been good. Uh, I think Caitlin Deaver would have been great, but she is a little bit old, mm-hmm. so I get that. She would be great Last of Us Part 2 yeah. early. But now um, they've cast, they can't exactly just bring in a completely different exactly. girl for... They can't. Um, but I, so they've gone with, um, Pedro Pascal and... Bella Del- Ramsey. Well, if, Bella Ramsey, that's her second name. Um, which, I think, personally, are good choices. Neither of them were my number mm-hmm. one choice. But mm. at the same time, I'm perfectly happy with both of those. Yeah, I think, same here. Yeah, for me, the thing that I like about it is that I think on a previous podcast, we'd all kind of like put in who we'd quite like to see. And for me, it was mm-hmm. a very common choice of Nikolai Costa-Waldo and 
Caitlyn Dever just because yeah. they kind of look like the characters do in the games. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like that neither of these characters, neither of the actors that they've chosen, look anything like or are even the same nationality as the characters yeah. as they are. And so for me, this opens the door to. I don't want to watch the game that I've played. I want to watch a new yeah. interpretation of that story. I'd much rather a translation rather than an adaptation. And so mm-hmm. the idea of Pedro Pascal coming in and playing Joel, he will be a different Joel. He'll have the same aspects of his story, presumably. There'll be, you know, all the tragedy in his in his backstory and all of that that brings to it. But maybe they can bring some of Pedro's actual kind of like background and nationality and kind of like some of him his own stuff to the story because the last of us is mostly a lot of shooting which tv shows tend to be a bit more dialogue heavy so Mm -hmm. the idea to expand the story and bring what those actors can bring to us it's not like um really either of the two main characters in the games their background doesn't really mean a thing does it like who cares where they're from like you've got some ways from san antonio i think joel's from well he's living at the start Mm -hmm. of the first one anyway by Um, the way it doesn't add so much whether or not they're from one state or another or even another country really i would say before that second season of the mandalorian i would have been a bit more like wary of pedro pascal but i think he shows a lot more emotion and i have Mm -hmm. to be fair i haven't seen him i've seen him in game of thrones and that and yeah same here i haven't seen him in much else really like but he showed like really like i'm not gonna spoil the mandalorian in case you haven't seen it because you know it's still fairly new but like he can he definitely shows emotion in that um and yeah, I, I'm well up for him. I still would. John Hamm would still be my first choice. I think. Oh, really? I'd love to see him do that. I mean, Hamm but, is um, good, isn't he? He's he's, yeah. he's got the good the good pork. <laughs> I don't know why I yeah. said that. <laughs> the good pork. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not saying if John Hamm turned up, but he got the good pork. I'm pork. not going to say I walk away. <laughs> would he have his pork and beans with wheat a bit? That's even worse now. Um. But yeah, I think what the main thing I do want is uh, Bella Ramsey to keep her very Northern accent from Game of Thrones. For really, <laughs> she's, she's I'm, I'm not going to try and do a bad Northern accent. It's not going to happen. But to me, it'd just be funny. Uh, in, in <laughs> she's that really, I think kind of like Pedro Pascal's obviously had the limelight on this casting scene because everybody knows who he is. But mm-hmm. like Bella Ramsey is great in in Game of Thrones. Like she is for a young actor. I think really mm-hmm. for the, the small scenes that she had quite. Like, yeah. high up there but she's brilliant in she's in the have you watched the second series of um his dark materials i didn't know i fell off of it so so she's that. in that and she's got a little bit of ellie to that in kind of like a, a young child kind of out of their depth and trying to survive and yeah. then she's the voice of hilda in hilda and that's very good that's really nice but that's a charming <laughs> cartoon yeah not a yeah not a dark zombie thriller so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I am excited. It's still a while away yet, you'd imagine. I, mean, I don't think they'll be shooting. Well, I don't know. Maybe they will be shooting sometime soon. But, uh, yeah. but it does mean that Joel's going to be very handsome. Even more so handsome than last time. So I'm quite happy. Him up. Yeah, I know, but like, Pedro's a nice looking chap, you know, so I'm just happy that yeah. we're getting him on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so you prefer handsome Pedro over John Hamm's perfect walk <laughs> or whatever it was? <laughs> Hundred percent more handsome Pedro for me, please. Okay, um, let's actually talk about some game because I'm sure some people will want us to do that. Uh, yeah, why not? Please do write in if you do, because you know we're just happy to talk about beans for an hour if you want us to. <laughs> um, the game that swept Steam, Valheim, Jesse. 
over over a million people have bought this in early access already which is yeah, quite it's... impressive for a game i first heard of a couple of weeks ago and i'm not gonna lie i saw it and went this doesn't look very good um yeah. but now everyone thinks it's amazing i've played it for only like half an hour to an hour but mm. su- these sort of games just survival games they aren't my thing and i yeah know it's not really for me i don't think but why is this such a good survival game jesse i mean like you mentioned it did kind of come out of nowhere and i've never really been big into survival games like when minecraft first came out and alpha and beta like i jumped into that and recently finished the forest with dale but those are entirely different experiences but when it comes to those kind of core survival games like uh arc survival evolved and rust and stuff i've just never been into them but um, with Valheim, it's 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 really weird because it's just suddenly come out of nowhere, and you have a game that already feels near enough complete, despite it being in early access. And in case you don't know what it is, um, it's described as like a, a brutal exploration and survival game on its Steam page, and it's set within this Viking world. <clears throat> excuse me, set within this Viking world of a uh, uh, Valheim, which is like the tenth like Norse world or something like Real. that. Yeah, but um. It's it's generally just a really good <laughs> survival game. The, the world itself, um, and I've only put 10 hours into it with someone else, IGN as well, because we're doing like a co-op playthrough, but the world is ginormous. It's probably the biggest map I've ever seen in a survival game, to be honest. And it's 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 a harsh game to play, but it's also fairly forgiven as well, because um, in a lot of other survival games, you know, there's penalties when it comes to hunger and thirst or like when you're um, crafting stuff, but... With Valheim, it's fairly forgiving. Um, like, the difficulty in the game lies within the enemies and the world itself, not really the game mechanics, because uh, making sure to eat food or crafting things and even leveling up is really easy. Um, for example, we're building up a base and then we wanted to move it. You can just simply take it down and all the resources you used simply pop back into your inventory, which is fairly refreshing given how a lot of survival games you have to knock something down and you essentially lose everything. Um, mm-hmm. But... I haven't really described the premise, which is you're hunting five specific bosses across the world, um, all Viking related and spooky and whatnot. But, um, it's just, it's hard to describe because there's so much yeah. to do and I've only put 10 hours into it. See, this is why I'm so bad at survival games, I think, because you just penalize for thirst and I'm just such a thirsty <laughs> boy, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just, dreadful. You know what I mean, Matt. Oh yeah, they've, they've got they've got bottles of Overwatch female characters just waiting for you to drink, Cardi. <laughs> okay, that sounds worse than it should be. But um, I, uh, it was more just a self-deprecating joke. You don't actually have to lay into me. It's fine. Uh, you know, um, that's what I'm in for, Cardi. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I only I only played half an hour to an hour just to check it out and yeah. quickly realised it's not for me. Basically, all I did in my half an hour was learn how to run. Um, <laughs> walk into some, like, five goblin creatures with, like, I don't know, like, gas bags on their back, get <laughs> yeah. killed by them so I had no weapons, and then wake up again and go, this isn't for me. <laughs> so, Jesse, I'm assuming it's like a classic survival game in when you die, you're dead, and you effectively have to start your journey again. Well, so when you die, like, it leaves, like, a little tombstone exactly where you died. So if that was near your spawn, you can simply run back, get all your items back. And there's a leveling up system in the game as well. So literally everything you do, like, if you jump a few times, you, you know, level up your jump. And it's similar to Oblivion, kind of. Like, anything you do, you can jump for, like, throughout your entire game. And that's the only thing you'll level up. Um, But, yeah, you can just pick up all your items again after you've died. And that's the weird thing. It doesn't feel... Like, the game mechanics themselves don't feel particularly punishing, but when it comes to the enemies and even just, like, the world you're traversing, 
itself that's where it's tough even trees are deadly like you can chop down a tree and it'll land on you and kill you instantly because <laughs> <laughs> like when you're playing minecraft and stuff everything just kind of floats and it's just it's mm-hmm. it's simple like that but so it's got like a with, physics kind of element to the yeah sandbox, yeah so when um ronnie and i were building like a little mountain base there were a bunch of goblins coming up the mountain so we chopped down a few trees it rolled down and killed them all and stuff and that's what able to be safe but there's just mm-hmm. re- there's really cool individual moments like when we have to hunt down a new boss now that we haven't been able to encounter yet, except we have to travel the ocean to get to this new place. And the map is, it's mad how huge this map is, but we finally built our little craft and we're sailing out into the ocean and we come across this little island and we decide to jump on it. And like, there's like, um, oh, I forgot the terms, but, uh, oh crap. It's like when barnacles, that's it. Right. Like there's barnacles okay. on this island and stuff. So we start picking at them and then suddenly the island shifts a little bit and we thought it was just a normal island and then we keep picking at it again. And suddenly or something? we didn't get a chance to really see what it was, but the whole thing raised up and then suddenly just dived back into the ocean. And then we just went back on our oh. craft and continued exploring. But it's, it's mad because that's just set within one biome. That was a little adventure we had that took place over an hour mm-hmm. or so. And there's so much more to discover. There's portals in the game. There's trade networks. There's, other characters you can trade with as well and stuff like there's all these things we haven't discovered yet and we've so only you, gone through one little island mm-hmm. when you say there's like places to trade out and stuff like that are there actual kind of like npc towns that are closer to almost rpg-ish but that thing from what i've heard because i'm trying to keep spoiler free which is kind of the first time i've ever done that with a survival game but from what i've heard uh there are npcs you can trade with because there is gold in the game as well that you can use and um, that i found uh but there's like i said there's still so much to explore and the combat itself is really good too there's a bunch of different weapons you can parry dodge uh you know quick movements is key when it comes to you know fighting against the bevy of enemies that's featured in this game um but i think mostly it's just the fact that it works really well it looks really good too surprisingly considering it's an early access and it's just easy to play with your mates. Unlike, you know, other survival games where you have to rent a private server or use stuff like Hamachi and stuff, you can just set up a server from your PC and you can invite, you know, up to nine other players. It's just a really well-made I didn't know you could have that many people. Because that would make it a lot more interesting. Like, playing that by myself was a very lonely experience, but I imagine yeah. playing with people does make it a lot more fun. Yeah. Is, um, is the idea, Jesse, that you play with... Cause I've not played survival games for quite a while and sort of like mm. when I was playing them was the start of the survival boom on, on Steam. So my yeah. experience is stuff like Daisy and Rust, in which case the idea was that you were always on a permanent server and with Daisy especially it was a case of it would be me and my mate trying to survive and then a bunch of dickheads that had managed to <laughs> equip themselves with the best gear would just come and shoot us for sport. Yeah. This, like, this is, game is it's it's not like that also when you start the game you obviously create your your own character and that character transfers from whatever world you join so i can create a character and if i'm hunting for a specific item or a biome that i might heard that my friend's server has i can join his server with my complete character grab whatever i need and come back to my world um but there is like a toggle if you want to enable pvp but i think the game really has a focus on pve rather than you know, dealing with trolls or dealing with the like combat from other players because it really is meant to be a cooperative experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you're building specific bases, you're hunting for these bosses, and like I said, the world is truly humongous. I feel like if we all jumped on a server and like just played for a couple hours or whatever, I think it'd be probably the the most enjoyable survival experience you guys might have had compared mm-hmm. to other games you might have played before. It sounds like yeah. kind of like I think No Man's Sky has had such a huge impact on the survival genre because obviously that is much more about 
well, certainly originally was about playing on your own because they didn't add the multiplayer to later, but that was about that idea of the not being you're not sport for each other it's kind of like yeah. about exploring and enriching your own sort of like experience and then like, it sounds like there may be a little bit of a roguelike element to it you know how kind of like mm. in in dead cells or in in hades it's about like when you die you still leveled up on that progress you still had some investment into your character and yeah. that i think being able to say well at least my character got better i might have lost everything but my character yeah. is better now that feels a bit more appealing yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's not as punishing as you would think it'd be. Even if, like, when I was playing yesterday, for example, uh, the person I was playing cop with, he died once, and then when we tried to get back to get his gear, he died again. And it's not like he lost his gear the first time around. Those two tombstones were still there. Right. So it's not as punishing as, like, when you die, you immediately lose stuff if you die again. And it's just other mm-hmm. things as well, like not having to really deal with hunger. Um, you can instantly repair all of your items as soon as, once you get to a workbench. If you want to build something, the game tells you straight away. So there's none of the guesswork, like when you're playing Minecraft, trying to figure out... Sp- like specific blueprints and stuff um it's just weird how well the game plays and it's it is just really quite fun mm-hmm. uh my one last question about it is is it like a set designed world or is there like random no, generation it's completely or? procedurally generated um oh, so okay. in my own playthrough like i spawned on this humongous landmass and i haven't even seen any water yet but when i started playing co-op on a new server i created there's like a couple few islands we're on and we've been able to explore you know a decent chunk of an ocean but that's still a a small small section of the map and when you open the map it's like a ring or disc rather we we, we've given ourselves the objective of trying to go to the ends of the earth because we don't know what might appear there but that's the thing it's one of those kind of self-objectives where you can absolutely expect something to happen it's just like the story i told before where we found this creature within the water and it's disappeared i can imagine there's tons more crazy and like mythical beasts Mm -hmm. all around the world have you managed to actually beat any of those five bosses? We've beaten the first boss, which ends up being this, like, humongous elk kind of thing where, like, this kind of rock track plays when you're fighting it. So it is really kind of bizarre, but it's, it's it, genuinely really cool, and the combat is good as well. Was it, like, di- was it difficult, or was it... No, was yeah, it yeah, it was, it was difficult. Like, there's certainly enemies which you wouldn't want to face, you know, as soon as you spawn in. It's not like the game kind of, like, auto-balances stuff. We had to... Like, you know, gear ourselves up a decent amount before we could take on the boss. Mm-hmm. But we nice. ended up doing it. Maybe, maybe I'll give it another shot with people. Maybe. It's, it's a big maybe. That tends to suggest I probably won't. <laughs> but, um, you know, I might do. Who knows? Um, but yeah, grab this on early access, just on PC at the moment. Valheim, yeah. if you want to check that out. Um, something you can play, I believe, is out today, mm-hmm. is Little Nightmares 2. Um, I think we've all played this, but to varying amounts. Has anyone actually finished it? Yeah, I finished it. I finished it uh, early this morning. Right. I've played about an hour and a half to two hours, Mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, I'm in, like, the... I think I'm near the end of the second area, I'd guess. I don't know. It's been going on a little while. I'm in a school kind Mm -hmm. of area. Uh, But, yeah. It's... So, I remember playing a bit of the first Little Nightmares... And I have very similar feelings about both of them, which is, I never actually finished the first one, but I really like the tone and I really like the way they're able to tell a great horror story without pretty much any dialogue whatsoever. Mm. But I do just find the gameplay a little bit, I don't know, it's harsh to say rudimentary because it's just a bit, it's nothing new, if you know what I mean. Yeah, there's it's a lot of pushing and pulling and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. 
like if you don't know what the little nightmares games are they're side scrolling puzzle pla- they're a bit of platforming like puzzles they're very similar to games like limbo or inside if you've played those yeah, yeah they're, they're very much built on those models yeah they're they're kind of within the same kind of school of thought but as you say kind of mm-hmm. like they're not they're not as accomplished on yeah. um on the puzzle design i do think I get the impression of this base thing that I uh, I have a lot more affection for these games than than either of you <laughs> two because I for for me Little Nightmares two was a game that I think I probably would have rated an eight but I enjoyed like a nine I came out of it okay. like really having loved it despite knowing that its controls need to be a bit tighter because it's got yeah. almost like a two point five D perspective there's yeah. there's a certain amount of depth to the levels which can make some jumps a bit awkward make not quite knowing where to (laughs) yeah um but i think as uh like as a horror design because it's obviously it's from the perspective of it's what frightens you as a child right is the way that it it bases it and i think this game especially has a lot better enemy design because as you say there's like the school to which it's like teachers and bullies and then there's kind of like there's a hospital you go to which obviously as a kid i was terrified of doctors um and and kind of like that i think the enemy design is more interesting from that perspective um and i think it's got it has about in the hospital section genuinely what i think is one of the best horror mechanics i've ever seen in a game like it is genuinely that section was a particular highlight yeah actually i think like i don't we're not going to spoil the game i don't think it's necessarily a spoiler to explain roughly what's going on in there but it's it's a riff on if you know um the doctor who idea of the weeping angels where when you're looking Mm -hmm. at them they'll stay still and when you're not looking at them they can come at you it's that and with the kind of like certain limitations on the control scheme it's got that works as one of the most effective horror films that sounds like again my grievance repeated which is that is just a mechanic from inside Mm -hmm. but with the girl in the water but um yeah yeah there's a certain you know, amount of that. Exactly. But at the same time, I think I did a tweet the other day which is similar to what I'm saying is they are kind of they're not doing anything new, but at the same time, I am enjoying playing it and yeah. mainly because no one else is doing that at the moment because Playdead do take about five or six mm-hmm. years per game at least. Yeah. Um so like not many people do games like this and I will like repeat, like the style again is unbelievable. Like just the the design of like the creatures or people in it are just amazing like the enemy the main like boss like enemy in the school the first time they do something you're not expecting (laughs) is it's very surprising and it's just it's almost like it's almost weirdly like they're plasticine like it's hard to work out what they're made out of leathery kind of plasticky just weird substance yeah it reminds me a lot of henry selick's um kind of mm-hmm. uh, artistic design and he's obviously one of uh Leica's animators and directors so yeah. it's kind of got that Coraline look to it to a degree but like you say yeah it does for a game that like it's obviously not a photorealistic game but it looks more yeah. real than quite a lot of photorealistic games because it looks mm-hmm. like it's made of puppets rather than yeah. anything fleshy and it's certainly got the weight to it as well when you're interacting with items or just jumping off things as well. Like that, it, it kind of grounds the world despite being so, you know, bleak and dark and depressing. Mm. It's just such, it's just a game full of just odd textures that you don't normally yeah. seem to feel in like games. Like, especially like there's one bit where like you can like pick up hammers and I think you did a 
Twitter club for it the other day, <laughs> and I I just played through that bit where you can basically just smash people with a hammer, and they're just basically made out of porcelain. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very satisfying, and but that's also another one. I think it's like you said, the controls could be better. Like they only use about half the buttons on the controller, but sometimes there's just no need. Like I don't understand why when I do that attack, I have to hold in one button and press another. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I have to keep it hold held in? Yeah, because like, it's a case of, like, I guess from its perspective is is that you're holding the tool. Mm-hmm. So the hold is, like, you drag things around because it's very much a push-and-pull game. Because that's the thing yeah. with the combat. It, I think there's kind of, like, it's easy to see it, like, oh, they put combat in Little Nightmares. They didn't put combat in Little Nightmares. What they've done is they've put a timing puzzle in it that just yeah. happens yeah. to be the way that you see it is smashing a little porcelain doll with a hammer yeah and so it is a timing really had, yeah to mm. be fair i Just really like instant death kind of thing like i do enjoy it, and especially the feeling when you're using like a dual sense control like mm-hmm. you can feel the weights and it feels very responsive and nice but just because like a lot of the in- near enough every encounter in the game is instant death if you fail sometimes having to restart and then even just respawning like the animation of having to get your character up it only mm-hmm. takes a few seconds but that does count up and it does get a bit frustrating yeah. for me at least yeah, I do enjoy it overall. I'm not, I, I'm sad a little down there, but I do, I do enjoy the little nightmares games. They've yeah. got a lot of, I was going to say charm, but it's almost the opposite of charm. It's just horrifying and disturbing yeah. a lot of time. It's also, it's weird because it's obviously you are playing as a child kind of, but a, a child that's even smaller than an actual child, like <laughs> yeah. the perspective mm-hmm. is, is another deal altogether. But, um, it kind of is like a kid's game, but at the same time, I don't know what kid wouldn't be absolutely terrified. It's a hard game. Like what age? Do you recommend this? To well, I mean, it's kind of like it's know. rated as sixteen because obviously there's there is some fairly nasty gnarly bit. It's got no yeah. blood in it, but it can be quite gnarly. Um, did you ever used to watch? Um, was it Gruesome Tales for Disgusting Kids or whatever it was? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of got that that kind of vibe to it, right? In that it's kind of it's really gross and grim, but yeah. it never outwardly goes to anywhere too dark. But mm. um. Certainly, like, the first Little Nightmares, by the time you get to the end of it, has gone somewhere incredibly grim in its storytelling, and this does the same. Yeah, yeah. And it's also worth noting that it is a direct sequel, which I didn't realise. Um, mm-hmm. So Six is in it, who was the character from, you know, the girl in the, the yeah. yellow mag. Yeah. Um, and she's in this, and she's kind of like a friend of Mono, who is the, the little boy with a paper bag on his head in this. <laughs> Um, and kind of like where that, as you say, Cardi, it's a story that's told without any, any verbal kind of conversation yeah. at all. Yeah. But I do think it does a very good job at, at demonstrating their relationship over the game and kind of like how their dynamic shifts a lot as it goes around and, and kind of like sometimes you're split yeah. up, sometimes you're together and you can yeah. tell the kind of emotional connection they've got despite the fact you they can't see any thing. of their faces, right? Like one's got a paper bag yeah. on and the other has like a hood all over her face. Yeah, I think they do yeah. that very well. I would um, say that I, because I never finished the first one, so I'm playing this one, kind of not knowing it was a direct sequel. But I don't feel like at the same time I'm missing out. Like I think you could just play this one. I'm sure there's stuff that would mean more to you. Toward, I don't know if you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. say yeah towards that towards but, the um, end of it, kind of like the last chapter of the game, kind of like when you're in its kind of. And that's actually when it has some really nice puzzles that I think it would have been nice to have bought something as inventive as that to the start of the game. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel as much like the first one. But yeah, I think the way it, it concludes will mean something to you if you played the first one to completion, okay. whereas it won't. Yeah. I was thinking about stopping and going back to the first one and playing it before carrying on this one. <laughs> but I'll see. 
Um, this one is I'd better. Recommend both of them. So, like, yeah. you just do okay. that. Um, yeah, I'd recommend. I'd recommend these games. Like, if you're, like, if you do like games like Inside and Limbo, then I would recommend them. Just don't expect something to quite that standard. Whereas, like, those yeah. games are a nine and a ten to me, probably. Like, Little Nightmares and Little Nightmares Two are probably a seven and an eight. Like, they're both still good games. Yeah, but, you know. And there has Not. been a lack of horror games recently, anyhow. You've got the medium and this, really, to play mm-hmm. in terms of new releases. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like, yeah, some people... like I definitely forgot how dark these games were when I started playing the second one. Like They are proper horror games. Like They're not... Um, I feel like, because it's a 2D puzzler people like how scary can it be and it's not that it's scary necessarily but when you're getting chased it's definitely unsettling at times (laughs) i think it just it it, it, the way it deals with horror is actually very different to a lot of how a lot of horror games work because normally all the stuff you're supposed to be scared of is very much in the dark whereas actually it's you that's in the dark in this you're hidden and because it's a third person perspective you can actually see these horrendous disgusting creatures (laughs) on screen and so it does create a different dynamic but as you yeah. say, like it might not have your heart racing in quite the same way that something like Alien Isolation or Amnesia does, but mm-hmm. it certainly it it twists those buttons. And as I say, the stuff with in the hospital where you've got to keep your eyes on on enemies that that really did it for me. Yeah, yeah so well, yeah, can't can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, do you know what else I can't wait for? Another entry into the endless search. <laughs> This week, we have got an email from John from Hong Kong. Hello, John. Who's sending? Hello. There you go. Sent in uh, a suggestion for us to play on the Endless Search, which uh, has an email attached, which I'll read now. He says, You're right, lads. How's it gunning? I'm guessing he's maybe from Newcastle or the surrounding area, because that sounds very Geordie to me. Uh, and apologies for that accent. Uh, <laughs> I can't go a whole episode without doing a bad accent. Get, uh, get, get friend of the podcast Lucy James in. She can just record that, <laughs> and then we can just drop that in. She, I will be getting a WhatsApp message from her when she listens to that, <laughs> saying, what was that? Uh, anyway, John says, simple game. You have to guess the identities of the following people or characters using only yes or no answers. So it's kind of a riff on 20 questions, which we did a few weeks back. But it it's slightly different, and here's where it's different. Player one will ask one question, and if the answer is yes, he or she will get to ask another question and another until the answer is no. It will then be players' two turn to ask a question, and they keep going back and forth until you get a no answer. Basically, very simple. Um, John did send in some suggestions for characters we could do this with. I've done, mate, I've used one of them, but then done a few of our own. That I think more tailored to Jesse and Matt here. And they're uh, just characters. It's not like a game. It's a character from a game. They're all fictional characters. Some are in games, some are in films. Some may have crossover, so Ooh. be careful with how you word your questions. Mm. Uh, but basically, yeah, you have yes or no questions, and you can only guess who the person is when it's your turn. I've got five here. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how long each one takes. You may only do three. We'll see. But do you know what? I'm going to let... Do you know what? I'm gonna, just going to go hip dip do in my head. Jesse, you're going first. Uh, so the first character, 
just kick off any question you want to know, yes or no. Does this character know how to handle firearms? I've cheated, like... Uh, I thought you'd sign a bit. <laughs> the most Jesse question you could possibly have hey, asked. It, 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 um, it nails down yes. some things. Yes. Does the character drive... I mean, there's some characters that, I, might not, I might not know if they... Uh, uh, that's fine. You know, have this. I'm going to assume you, you know the answers. Does the character commandeer assault any sort of vehicle throughout their journey? You have to answer one that's kind of a bit. I would say personally, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Matt? Now, is this character primarily known from being in a film? No. Jesse. I don't know why I'm counting these. I don't <laughs> to count these on my legs. Um, what's this character? All we know so far is they can do, they can handle fire. <laughs> and they're not a film character. <laughs> they're no, not a film character. There we go. Was this character created by a Japanese development team? No. It's my turn again, right? Some very broad questions uh-huh. you could be narrowing down. Right. Cardi? Yes. Is this character from a game that is primarily single player. Yes. Is this character female? No, 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 it's Matt goes. Shit. It's yes. Come on. Learn the game. (laughs) Read the rules and understand them. (laughs) There you go. You can use your line. (laughs) Is this character from a Sony first-party exclusive game? Yes. Is this character from a Naughty Dog game? No. Ooh. Jesse, mm. over to you. Uh, is this character from a From Software game? No. Um, we've got firearms. Yeah. Sony First Party. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of. Is that all the and it's not and it's got? not a naughty dog game. So not naughty dog doesn't really drive vehicles. No. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not Deacon St. John then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, what else could it be? First, Sony first party single player. Yes. Uses guns. Mm. Fi- firearms. Firearms. I mean, that's a gun, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Charlie yeah. could be toying with us. Is this from PlayStation 4 generation? Toy. Yes. Are they male? No. Ah. Uh, well, that's narrowed it down mm. a bit, hasn't it? <laughs> Jesse? Is this character from Horizon Zero Dawn? Yes. <laughs> Can you remember their name? <laughs> no, because I haven't played the fucking game. You've you've let yourself down. Yeah. You have to. If you don't know it, then you know it's going to be very hard. To, <sighs> you might have to ask. Just pass it across. What do they begin with or something <laughs> to try and get a yes out? Give, of me. give it to me, yes. Wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> I remember. Is this character Alloy? Is it? Uh, how do you? Pre- I'll how do you- let you off. It's Aloy. Okay, it's- Aloy. There we go. I'll, I'll let I'll let you off on that. Aloy. Uh, I know Matt, you're quite distraught about that. Yeah, I mean, sorry, man. My girl doesn't use firearms. It's a bow and arrow, <laughs> mate. But they, she has like bombs and like a bow gun sort of thing, doesn't she? 
Okay. It's I, a firearm, I would say. Like, the, the bow, like, the more, there is like a more, there's like a rail gun she has, isn't there? Is there a rail gun in her? Is it a rail gun or like a machine gun variant? Spoiler. There is. No, I'm joking. She definitely has like a, she's got the, the like a rapid fire. And the, oh, yeah, I, I get what you mean. There's like the crossbowy thing, isn't there? Yeah, I, I would say she uses firearms. And, the one about vehicles, I was like, well, she does ride a mechanical dinosaur, mm. but that's not really, <laughs> or a bull even. Yeah. Anyway, that's we'll do all five of these. Why not? We've, we've got time. Uh, that's one nil to Jesse. I'm so sorry, Matt. But you do get to go first on this one. And it's character number two. Okay. Is this character primarily from a video game? Yes. Yes. Is this character male? Yes. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Is this character... In a single-player game. Yes. What a start. What a, what a start. <laughs> yeah. um, is this character a PlayStation-exclusive character? No. no. Is this character Agent 47? <laughs> yes. What, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> How have you done that? <laughs> I just knew. It had to be. What do you mean it had to be? He's the only man in game character. (laughs) He's the most male dude out of like all cross gen platform guys. He's the most vanilla looking guy. Fucking Chris Redfield. (laughs) What are you on about? Nah. (laughs) Oh, I got it. I mean, good guess, but you know, uh, still bizarre uh, that you've guessed that. Uh, But there you go. Sorry again, Matt. Uh, you know, to Jesse, but there's there's plenty of time. I'm the one that's there's actually three. doing quite well in this game. <laughs> You're doing the hard work. Hey, let's not let's not take the piss now. <laughs> okay, number three, Jesse, you get to go first. Do you control this character in the first person perspective? No. <laughs> You've assumed a lot there, <laughs> Cardi. Is this character yes. primarily known for a film appearance? Yes. <laughs> there we go. Mm. Um, is this character from a film post-2010? No. No. None of these are going to be obscure people, by the way. I'm not being, you know, it's not extra four in something. Uh, I'm stuck. <laughs> just a film before 2010. I got a clue now. <laughs> uh, does this character make use of a sword? Mm, I no, like no, and if they do, it's not memorable. Like at any point. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy with that answer. Okay. Is is this character a man? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, is this character an action star? That's uh, no, 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 no. Is well, it's Jesse's go now. It's a no. Oh, of course. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is going to be dumb. Uh, is this character portrayed by Mads Mikkelsen? No. <laughs> Just wanted to guess. Sometimes you have to throw him out there. Look, if that had been a yes, I would have said, how have you hacked my Google? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
is this character a dramatic character as in kind of like is it from n- like not a sci-fi or a fantasy or no if if that's what you've just put out there i would say no is this character from a film yes uh, released yeah, in the year of 2005 no no <laughs> no no is this character a superhero, Cardi? No. No. Is this character a villain? No. It's a good question though. It's a good question. Narrow down times or Yeah, yeah I think like, is this character from or... post two thousand? No. No. Does this character have a sidekick? Hmm. That's. Do you know what, I'm. Psychic. I would say they have like a companion that's well known. So I'll go like yes. I wouldn't say they're a sidekick if you know what I mean. But they go on adventures with another person. Let's put it that way. Does this character have a love interest? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick game's a good game quick game is a good game trying to think here okay um does this character live in england no (laughs) does is this character able to pilot a starship no no not that I know of. I mean, I don't know all their skills. Uh, I, I mean, they haven't. In the- who I thought it might have been is definitely a starship pilot. So, <laughs> uh, is this character from a comedy film? It's definitely a funny film. I don't know if you'd label it a comedy, but it has. It definitely has a lot of humour in it. I would say. Is this character violent? They have committed violence. I wouldn't say they're a violent person, but there is there is some action. Is this character from a Disney film? <laughs> no. Okay. Has this character? I thought one of these might take a while, yeah. but yeah. you never know. Has this character travelled in time? Yes. Right. <laughs> You have to Did one, <laughs> you, can, you can narrow it down and ask as many yes questions. Yeah, as you yeah. Like. Um, Did this character travel in time using a car? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is this character younger than their sidekick? Yes. <laughs> Is this character Marty McFly? It is Marty McFly. Imagine how mad it would be if it wasn't. <laughs> I wouldn't call Dot Brown a sidekick, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He's, 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 he's a friend. <laughs> he's a weird older friend. Um, yeah. I was hoping you'd go, is he in a game? And that would confuse you completely because yeah, yeah. there yeah. is the Back to the Future game. But there we go. Matt's pulled one back. It's 2-1 to Jesse with two left to play. And Matt to go first as well. Okay. Is this character from a video game? Yes. Is this character a man? No. No. Does this character have a military background? No. 
Mm. <laughs> it's always with the guns or the war. Well, no, because most of, most of the fucking games involve violence or some yeah, bullshit like fair. that, that's, so it's an easy way fair. to narrow it down. Is this character from a multiplayer game? No. Is this character particularly skilled at rock climbing? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Not all women are Tomb Raider. <laughs> not, not all women are rock climbers, I thought you were going to say. Sometimes you have to narrow it down. Um, is this... Was this character created by a Japanese company? No. Was this character created by Naughty Dog? No. Is this character from an RPG? No. Is this character a teenager? Yes. Is the character from an EA game? No. Is this character playable? Yes. Is this character from a PlayStation exclusive? No. No. Is this character from the Walking Dead series? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, is this character Clementine? Is that her name? It is Clementine yeah, okay. in the Walking Dead. You got there. You got that one a bit quicker than I thought you would. Compared to, I suppose my fly is. It could have been a lot of people, but yeah. Yeah, anything with films, my knowledge is going to lack a little bit. Jesse's one, one, but there's still one to go. One more to do, which we'll do. We'll do quickly. Uh, I can already Jesse, see this will be mess. I can sense it. Mm-hmm. See you first, Jesse. Uh, three one up. But can he get four one? Uh, That's what everyone wants to know. Play along at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, does this character wield a sword? Uh, I I don't remember them doing it, but yeah. Also, wouldn't be surprised. So is that yes? I would say no. No, okay. I would say no. I would say, no. I would say I'm 95% sure they don't. Okay. Is this character from a film? Yes. No. Is this character from a sci-fi film? Yes. Is this character from a sci-fi film post-2010? No. No. Uh, Is this character from a horror series? No. Hmm. Is this character from a sci-fi series originating in 1977? No. no. Oh. <laughs> See where you were going with that. <laughs> oh, now I'm fucked. I don't oh. think you are. Mm. Is this character a leader? Yes, yeah. Does this character die? I mean, that's spoilers, isn't it? Um, <laughs> that's an old-ass uh, film, presumably. Cut. It's only before it's, it's somewhere between 2010 and the start of the universe, so it's not necessarily old. 
Just let me look at how uh, something <laughs> ends. <laughs> I can't a hundred percent remember. Uh, I, I, no, I was right in my theory that it is a no. I don't think I've, I've not established. Is this character male? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Um. Is this character from the two thousands? I mean, they, they, I would say that they were in the 2000s. They didn't originate in the 2000s. So okay. They um, bled into the 2000s. Okay. <laughs> this is a very specific one, but for the lol. <laughs> Did this character originally have a job they were very dissatisfied with? Uh, I, I would. S- <laughs> Let me, I, I think, I know what you're asking, and I'm pretty sure that that is a yes. Mm. So let me, I can't, I, it's been a little while since I've watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not I, on your top lists. It's a film I very much love, but I can't remember that, like, first bit, like, <laughs> what they were doing at the start <laughs> of it. And it's a sci-fi film. Yeah. I think I w- yes, from memory, yeah, he he's he's not happy. Okay. <laughs> Is this character offered the choice of two pills? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Is this character Neo? <laughs> is Neo from the Matrix? Yeah. He is like a computer programmer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like in I a can't remember office, if he's happy. He? I just couldn't remember if he's happy doing that or not. Yeah. <laughs> but there we go. Neo. Three two to jesse but a well-played game uh yeah i enjoyed that one it was simple but you know effective really did make you think didn't it um certainly did since we didn't have a lot to talk about this week why not a bit of double feedback read them emails read them and understand them (gasps) dear me matthew you are up first okay i'll uh i'll take the podium (laughs) this is from uh Dan Metcalf, who is that? Metcalf is is that how you pronounce? I'd say Metcalf. I'd say Metcalf. Metcalf. I don't know. Metcalf. Yeah. I do apologise, Dan. Just sitting here on, not live on air, but on air, butchering <laughs> your name. Um, anyway, hello all. First of all, love the podcast. Been listening for many years. Blah blah blah. Your conversation about grandmas making and eating weird food was very reminiscent of a similar discussion I had with some friends. I started off with my nan. Nothing too bizarre in my eyes. <laughs> Whenever she looked after us in the evening, I would get I would get a sliced up apple with a pile of sugar to dip in and reverse any of the healthy benefits of eating an apple. Which I guess is kind of like a toffee apple without the sugar melting mm. down to produce toffee. Yeah, it's similar. The only thing I will now question is why you would give that to a child before bed. Yeah, I'd imagine the sugar probably That's gives great. you a bit of a sugar high, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's nothing compared to my mate's grandma. <laughs> the sicko. <laughs> He doesn't say that, that's my my interjection there. (laughs) (laughs) He then went on to say that whenever she would cook sausages, usually Richmond's, she would keep a raw one on the side as a snack. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen up, young Jesse, this is what it means. He first witnessed this when she was cooking a full English, and after putting the raw sausages in the pan, grabbed one and took a bite out of it like you would a carrot. (laughs) The conversation ended with him as we were all fascinated and horrified. 
Thankfully, he didn't fuck up his grandma's sausage-munching habits. Thanks again for the <laughs> countless hours of entertainment, and for Christ's sake, respect the sea. <laughs> um, why are you eating raw sausages? Why? You're going to have to really pull on that case in as well, if you're taking a, a bite pan. out of it. You've got a pan next to you, just <laughs> cook it. We all could be missing yeah. out, though, on grandma's sausage recipe technique, <laughs> and it could be brilliant. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm not sold, me. but there has to be something she enjoyed out of it. It'd just be all, like, wet and mushy. Maybe she oh, enjoyed, she enjoyed like, challenging her body and would eat one raw sausage a day. Challenging her body by eating <laughs> a raw sausage. <laughs> you want cold sausage? They do sell it at the delicatessen. Like, you don't That's have true. to yeah. eat an uncooked sausage. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, I don't know, I'll, I'll run a half marathon. No, I'll just eat a raw <laughs> sausage to challenge my body. To you can the build edge. up the, the immunity to something. Who knows? Jesus Christ. Well, I'm sure that's not where this will end, Jesse. This is from Anthony Lawson. The subject is microwaved meat. Hello, guys. It's <laughs> always a good start. Yeah. Talking about foodstuffs, at the age of around 10, I used to cook bacon and sausages in the microwave when my mum and dad were at work. A quick and tasty snack, I'm sure you would all agree. <laughs> When I got even more lazy, I used to squeeze out the raw meat from a sausage sausage skin, having no idea at all. I was eating a heavily processed raw pork slash chicken feet combo. Anyone else used to microwave for defying food? No. Not at all. Anthony, do you know Dan's grandma? Is Is there like a British raw sausage eating, like, cult we should know about or something? I mean, is is there any food you guys have microwaved that... Probably didn't need to be like. What's the weirdest thing in my microwave? Because I can't. My microwave. I don't know. I don't tend to yeah. risk my health with my food. <laughs> microwave is for reheating stuff. Like the idea yeah. of putting bacon in a microwave. You're not going to get the, the whole joy of bacon is when it goes all like crispy and and, and slightly snappy yeah. on the edges. You're not going to get that by pelting it with radiation. Like, yeah, wouldn't it just explode all over the microwave as well? Yeah, I know he was only a kid, but you can cook bacon in five or ten minutes as well. Like, it's very quick. Like, it's is it safer micro- to cook the bacon in a microwave in terms of a, child, a child handling cookware? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yes. But <laughs> it's safer, but not for your insides. <laughs> but no, uh, I'm surprised you're still with us, Anthony. Uh, I hope you're well. But um, well, you're obviously not well. But you know, <laughs> I mean, I can't matter. We're just squeezing the inside of a sausage out and eating it raw. It's not for me. Gross, man. That's just an image, like, a really grotesque image. That's like a little nightmares kind of thing, just like this old plasticky grandma's, (laughs) like, chowing down on sausage meat. Give them ideas for little nightmares (laughs) three, um, raw sausage eating grandmas. (laughs) Uh, I've got a piece of feedback from CJ, who is part of Code Marla, who do the uh, Endless Search theme tune. So there you go. Nice. Um, He says, last week, an American CJ wrote in with his weird Nan's biscuit and cheese concoction. And this week, you have a British CJ writing in to share his Nan, to shame his Nan (laughs) too, even. Not share his Nan. (laughs) All right. (laughs) When I was a kid, my Nan showed me this. And I did it well into my teens. Here we go. Here is the recipe. Take a reasonable slice of cheddar. Dip it in tea to make it moist. (laughs) That's an odd start. Roll the moist cheese slice in sugar until it's coated and then eat it. (laughs) It may sound rank, but it's actually delicious. No. I've since become, I've I've since become vegan. And it's not the same with vegan cheese alternatives, which is probably for the best. That means you've tried it again with different varieties of vegan cheese. 
Oh, that's just Roll, not right, so man. So dipping cheese in tea and then rolling it in sugar—that's <laughs> fucked up, man. Just what? don't do it. Just have a just eat a bit of cheese and drink <laughs> your tea afterwards of- or some shit. Like, don't mix the two. Dipping like there are the weird ones. Like, you know, I think when I was a kid, I did used to enjoy like dipping McDonald's fries into a milkshake. Yeah, but I, yeah. I understand that. <laughs> that's that's I feel like that's a lot more common than fucking dunking your cheese slice and tea. <laughs> it's like it's all it's all weird, but for me it's like what do you want your cheese to be sweet for? Like yeah. I don't know, sweet I, I, I get if you're making a cheesecake and you're putting a bit of sugar into mm-hmm. your mascarpone. Yeah. Like, no, this this is all sorts of bad. <laughs> oh, Matt doesn't approve of much of this. I think a lot of this chat makes him ill, which is why I do encourage you to send in more to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. We've got more though. Matt. Okay. We've got one in from uh, Alan Franks, who I think we've heard from before. He says, Hello, pals. You might not recall, but a few months back you asked for food combos and I told you about the fancy man, which is bacon in a croissant. Um, and how my first step into the culinary world was to place pub biscuits inside breads, which of course is, is exactly how you do it. I would like to actually hear from any listeners we have who just make food normally, like make a sandwich, <laughs> like just stuff like that, or put milk in cereal, just normal things. Do you like have any that. chefs who listen to this and can react to this, these disgusting questions? Chefs, chefs react to IGN <laughs> feedback. <laughs> That's a cheese being dipped in tea. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, Alan continues. You pricked my interest again with this delightful <laughs> butter chat, so I would like to add to the conversation. Despite my relationship with unorthodox food combos, which you could genuinely hear Matt recoil at, yeah, yeah, mm. I have a girlfriend. Um, wow. I, I do <laughs> nice. not, I don't, I don't believe eating shit would prevent you from getting a girlfriend, Alan. You may have very many other qualities. I myself, reasonable cook. Don't have a girlfriend. It's not not mutually exclusive. Don't dunk well, cheese in tea. You've got to start. Yeah, you've got to start rolling your cheese in tea. <laughs> roll it. Is, is, that, is that just what a Tinder profile's got to be? Just like a vine of someone yeah. rolling cheese in sugar. I might make one, and the profile picture is just some <laughs> cheese being dunked into tea. <laughs> Zero. Matches. You don't want to attract that sort of attention, though, do you? It's certainly eye grabbing. Uh, right. Back, back to Alan and his girlfriend. <laughs> she has recently moved in and I was listening to the podcast while I was cooking. We were just rustling up some classic fajitas. Nothing weird this time. Good, good. She heard mm. the butter chat. Can be done. She heard the butter chat and she went to tell me that she used to be a bigger human when she was younger and when she used to get home from school, she would get butter or sometimes margarine, mix it with tablespoons full of sugar and eat it out of the cup while watching Hey Arthur. <laughs> hey Arthur, that's a lovely touch. I've got a full image now. Before her mum came home, I want to know, is is it Arthur or Hey Arnold? I don't know which one. Like, Is, is Hey Arthur an actual show? Is that what Arthur It was just called Arthur, wasn't yeah. it? I think what uh, Alan's done there is mix up Hey Arnold and Arthur and create so now hey we don't Arthur, know which, which one is the truth. It's a crossover I'd like to see, to be fair. <laughs> I think we were made for each other. She's a healthy human now, but she did get, she did have her first fancy man two weeks ago, so who knows what this will reignite. Thanks for the countless times you've made me laugh and smile. All the best. Spread it and see. Spelt S-E-A. I'm trying for a new sign-off. Hope it catches on and doesn't make you sick in your mouth. That made me feel well. I'm not against it. I'm not against that. Um, 
There we go. That's another weird one. Wait, you're, you're, you're not against the butter and... <laughs> Mixing sugar and butter and eating it by the spoonful. I mean, I wouldn't do it personally. Just uh, fucking eat some normal food, man. Arthur or not. Yeah. Mix those things appropriately and don't just fuck the fa- around. The fajitas sounded good. Have more of them, yeah. Alan. Have more of those. Treat yourself to those. And the odd fancy man. I don't mind the fancy man baking in a croissant. Fancy sounds man quite. sounds alright. Yeah. yeah, as long as you're not microwaving the bacon, <laughs> <laughs> cook the bacon. Ah, Jesse. Yeah, this is from Andrew. He says, "Hi guys, greeting from greetings from Boston. I was looking for some mindless trash to put on while I was doing a bit of Sunday cooking. A big pot of red sauce and penne, if you must know. And I turned to the Wolverine. Not great, I'm aware, but it had me thinking about how there hasn't been a proper Wolverine game. I'd love to see uh, Corey Barlog and the Santa Monica team take up." Uh, take on a Wolverine story that spanned three different time periods that you could seamlessly swap between, just like the medium does with their two worlds. We could explore young Logan during World War II or Vietnam into current-day Wolverine, and even into the future of Old Man Logan. Considering what Santa Monica was able to do with the emotionally stunted Kratos, I'm sure they could tell an excellent story around the complex character of Logan. Additionally, my grandmother didn't do anything mad in the kitchen, but her pizza of choice was Papa John's with extra garlic sauce. Boff. That's him adding that. And she would let us wait, and she would let us light whole boxes of matches on fire just to see what. Wait, what? <laughs> just to see what would happen. That's wow. I mean, okay. probably a fire. <laughs> yeah. He goes on to say, "Love the podcast and everything you do. Hope you're well, and for God's sake, respect the sea and grandmas." You got to respect Boston. the grandmas. I must Always say, respect the grandmas. I was waiting through this story. It was like, when's the butter going to come into it? Yeah. I didn't realise we got a slightly more sane podcast hey, relevant. Got mm. Exactly, we've got something with a good idea. I do feel like, I mean, they're probably working on God of War two and whatever else they're working on, but they would make a good Wolverine game, wouldn't they? Uh, there was what was the actual. Not bad Wolverine game. It was, it was based off the um, film. It was right, based the, off uh, the Wolverine. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It? Or was yeah. it? No, Wolverine Origins, I think. I think, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah it was. It was on the was 360. That, the yeah. demo for that game crashed my Xbox 360. I had an Xbox 360 oh, okay. that never red ringed, and I had it for like three years, and it red ringed when trying to play that demo. <laughs> Wolverine oh, doesn't yeah. take any shit. But yeah, I can imagine that. Got a War Combat, but with just big metal blades coming out of your fingers, or knuckles even. But, uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, I'll I'll let them know. <laughs> do it. Yeah, that's good. Why not? Yeah, just do it. Just make it. Um, I might. Yeah, should we clip this out and just send it to Corey Barlow? See what he thinks. Sounds easy enough to do. Done. Easy. Hello, uh, Simon from the future here with a little brief aside. I am nothing but a man of his word and. I did actually contact Corey Barlog with this idea. Uh, so, Andy, you've got your reply. This is genuinely a reply from Corey. Is, I've not made this up. Uh, so let's see what he thinks of your Wolverine game. He writes back, Hey, Andy from Boston. That sounds like a cool idea. You know, I've always wanted to tell a Wolverine story, only something a little different. I imagine a world where Logan takes a different path from the one we already know from the comics. 
one where he is mentored by a kingpin-style character, so instead of taking the path we know as the bitter wandering hero, he is entrenched in the cutthroat, legalised criminal world of international business and finance. Over a decade of scheming and violence, he turns Logan Industries into the world's most valuable and powerful multinational corporation, clawing his way into positions of influence in governments and industry across the globe. He doesn't just beat the rival corporations, he absolutely fucking obliterates them and everyone associated with them, ensuring they or their families will never stand against him again. The battles are equally set in the boardrooms as they are in the streets. Logan dons the classically overpriced designer three-piece suits, smokes Gurkha Royale courtesans and loves to close a deal with a gravelly, sign it bub. It is a bloody look at ego killing the soul the weaponization of non-physical anger and the realities of the power behind the curtain. Basically, Wall Street meets Yakuza, all wrapped in a bracingly violent style of Paul Verhoeven. And you can pet a dog in it. So, you know, Marvel, balls in your court, bub. Uh, so there you go. That's what, uh, sounds like Corey's been thinking a bit too much about this to me and should maybe spend more time making that God of War game. I don't know what you think, guys, but, um, yeah. Back to all the other feedback. Bye. Number six. Podcast number six. Podcast feedback number six. Even Christ. Oh, this week is... It's, we're recording this on Thursday. It feels like this week's been about a month long. Uh, it's very cold as well, isn't it? Just a bit. Right. agree with that? Just a bit. Anyone just want to chat? It was particularly warm today, actually, for me. Really? So. Yeah. Particularly warm? I've got some sun outside. It's quite nice. Get a grip. Um, okay, I've got the last bit of feedback here from David Ryan, who says, Howdy. During the lockdown, my friend Chris and I have spent hours and hours playing Apex Legends on lunchtime whilst working from home. That sounds good to me. Mm. Having a laugh and putting the world to rights with a good friend each day, even though we're shy to Apex, has been a wonderful distraction from the COVID chaos. I can't speak for him, but I simply wouldn't have got through the last 12 months without getting pumped in Kings Canyon on a lunchtime. Ooh. There we go. Well, <laughs> my question is this: Which game has gotten you through lockdown that you'll look back on with fond memories when this whole shit show is over? Thanks, Dave from Ellesmere Port in England. P.S. Joe, is the Night Meals WhatsApp group still going on in lockdown? Do you guys know what Night Meals is? No. no. That oh, sounds right. cool. I though. think it's too far. I think it's only me, Joe, Crooper. Who else is in Night Mills? It's an exclusive club, it I'm seems. sorry. It is. Let me just find the... Uh... God, where's the Is this shit that you guys eat at like 2am or some bullshit yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, it's, yeah night, it's Night Mills. <laughs> uh, Gavin Rory are also in there. Basically, it's just... Um, it's a no-text WhatsApp group, so you're not allowed to put any actual messages in. And all it is is pictures of like fried chicken and kebabs from when we're drunk at 3am. And uh, Gav's got a lovely one here from... a. Uh, from April of 2018, which is just a samosa and a pepperoni. Very nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, there's lot, there's, there's dozens of photos of bad takeaway food at 2am in there. Sadly, there hasn't been a post in a long time. Let me look when the last post was, but it will remain active. It's just, it's just dormant at the moment. Um, not a lot of takeaways yeah. happening. Just let me, I'm going to see what the last post was. Uh, night mills. Joe did one first of July, which was indeed some chicken wings and chips. Uh, so there we go. 
July 2020. The last post before that was July 2019. <laughs> so <laughs> there's been one post in a year and a half. So yeah. But Lovely. anyway, <laughs> how about the more interesting question, which is, uh, what game is going through lockdown? Mine is definitely Warzone. That launched about this time last year. I think yeah. it was March last year. No, it was, it was pretty much when lockdown started, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, it was, we had our first win in the office. The first time mm. we played, no, the second time we played, we got a win. Yeah. Um, cause nobody knew what they were doing at that time. And then like, yeah, I think the week after we were booted out and, and sent to the <laughs> wastes. Yep. Uh, uh, but yeah, this definitely was. And I think I've played like 350 <laughs> hours of that, which is actually wow. like 60 hours more than Overwatch. Like it's the first time in about three years that I've played a game more than Overwatch in a year. So it must be good. But yeah, it's just playing with friends and yeah, that's got me. Uh, like so many nights just playing that for hours on end mm. not doing that well most of the time but occasionally having those moments that make you look good uh <laughs> yeah i love that game uh i've been flowing around the idea with a couple of friends i've been playing with uh creeper a lot and recently with stefan from the bbc and we've flown around this idea that i should really make a feature with its top 10 verdansk roofs which is like the <laughs> best roofs in verdansk to camp on and snipe from which will make a lot of people angry because no one likes a camper but sniping in that game is very fun so are I you are you one of those bastards that you know there's that building where you could there's there's three sets of ladders inside and there's kind of like you could climb the ladders and you get to like a, a tiny little balcony that's in the roof of um can't remember what the building's called but there's another building opposite where you can see all three of the hatches where you can come up through the um Mm-hmm. up through the ladders and that is a sniper's paradise because no one else can see you aside from if you're on that building i'm not quite that bad my favorite is one it's like a hotel building in like the northeast of the map which is like near the frozen lake that's that's a great building that one but yeah i might i may do a roof feature but yeah it's got to be warzone for me what about you guys uh definitely played a fair bit of warzone um especially towards the start and that was really nice because it was a case of they were their friends from kind of before I lived in in London. That kind of like mm-hmm. you know you haven't had a huge amount of reason necessarily to to chat with. Um, but for me, it's actually it's not a video game. It's Dungeons and Dragons. Like I've oh, cool. I play with a group of people, and I've never had a long running campaign before. It's always been like little one shots that we play, almost more like they were a board game, as in like oh you know we're not got anything going on. Let's play some D anD D. And now it's a case of like. There's a group of us that on the first week of lockdown assumed that we'd been locked down for like six weeks. So we're just like, oh, we can do a tiny little D&D story. And that's been happening every week now for well, almost an entire year. And we've, we're on our third campaign. How have you been playing it? Like, what have you been using? Uh, so you use D&D Beyond, which is kind of like a free tool, um, which you build your character in that. And that's, let's say that's free. Um, our DM uses books. He's got the actual books, so he plans oh, okay. all that cool. in advance. But um, to play, you just create a character in D&D Beyond, um, and when you want to roll dice, it's literally got a physics-based dice system in it. So you click really a button, cool. and it chucks the dice across your screen, um, mm. and then does the thing I like about it, it does the maths for you. And Dungeons & Dragons doesn't require a lot of maths, but I'm just not very good at quick mental arithmetic. So I like it that you know if you roll a 10 on the dice, but you've got a plus 2 modifier because you're better at this, it will yeah. add that to it automatically no that sounds yeah, really cool so we've we've i say we're on third campaign um my all my characters currently in hell at the moment which is that nice really right yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what well, along with all the cheese dunkers <laughs> oh, absolutely just down there slaughtering cheese cheese dunkers <laughs> they deserve it we think we should change uh the age old 
fans of the podcast from duck hunters to cheese dunkers. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get that officially ratified, it I'll certainly works well. The motion. Yep. Uh, we'll need some sort of parish council meeting though to get that done. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, yep. Uh, Jesse, what have you been doing in lockdown? Um, not necessarily just like you know, spend a lot of time on uh, one particular game, but just really just live streaming on Twitch, just going through my back catalogue. I was able to uh, finish, well, Little Nightmares 1 for the first time, uh, Dead Rising, Fallout New Vegas, and currently playing through the Yakuza series, which is really, really enjoyable. Those games seem to be perfect kind of lockdown games, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just a lot you of live streaming, really. As well. Nice. Just always on. Yeah. Switch, 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 switch your little head off. <laughs> he's, a, he's a live boy. He's always got to be live. He's live. Always got to be plugging. <laughs> well, if you've, of course, got anything you want to tell us, tell us at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Oh, a little bit of breaking news that's just caught my eye. Ratchet and Clank release date, the 11th of June. So not far away now to play the new Ratchet and Clank. Mm. I must say, I've quite enjoyed, oddly, the not being a huge amount of games out at the start of the year, because it just meant mm-hmm. stuff that I never got around to playing or wanted to replay. Actually, quite, quite a nice little chunk of time to get all that done before anything good comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just started replaying God of War, because they released the mm-hmm. PS5 patch. Strong yeah, choice. To finish that. I was in. Yeah, oh, it's a good game. That. Uh, they should make a Wolverine game. Don't know if anyone's had that <laughs> idea. Uh, but I'm taking that now. <laughs> anyway, uh... This has been a pleasure. I haven't got any idea of what music to play. Uh, Is there like a oh, Heinz wow. Beans theme? There's so many Heinz Beans themes over the years. Yeah, <laughs> Beans so means Heinz. But I don't really... I feel like we they don't deserve that from us, from what they've pulled this week, to be fair. I mean, technically uh, it was Weetabix. They were the... the yeah, I was going to ask, who's really. to blame? Weetabix or Heinz Beans? Weetabix more, I think. Uh, but Heinz were complicit in this whole scenario, <laughs> so... Uh, we've played the last Swiss music so many times, I don't want to play that. Yeah, do you know what? It'll be an absolute surprise what I pick. How about oh, that? I can't wait to listen. How about some actual music? What about a pop song? <laughs> Let's get some pop. Yeah? I don't know. See you later. Just work it out. It's your job. <laughs> Cheese uh, dunk. Bye. Bye. See ya. Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.